podcast where we talk about things with one super special guest every week. Just sit back, relax, and hear us speak on This Is Happening, the podcast. Hello, welcome back to This Is Happening. This is Nathan Streifel. And this is Eric Morris. Today we are joined by a longtime friend of mine, one of the very first people that I met when I came into this godforsaken town of Los Angeles and entered this phase of this career of mine. Um, Peter Page. Peter Peter Page is a was a really remarkable actor who made a, a true mark um, and became somewhat of a gay icon. Uh, on the Showtime series Queer's Folk. Uh, he played Emmett and was delightful through all of the five seasons of that show. Um, he, he did a lot of other acting as well, but like any smart actor, he realized the need to create his own opportunities, and he did that in a big way with initially a film that I had a little hand in helping to bring out into the world called Say Uncle, which starred him, Peter Page, and Kathy Najimy, and a delicious cast of people. And then from there, he created, well, he did other things, he'll tell us, but he created the television show The Fosters, which has a spinoff that's currently running on Freeform called Good Trouble. Peter, welcome. Why, thanks. That's a that's a lovely introduction. All at the top of my head. Well done. Because <laughs> I know you. I did, I'm not reading. That was just from memory. That's good. That was very good. <laughs> no, please. I was going to say, I mostly know you because when Queer's Folk was on, we didn't have Showtime except in my parents' bedroom. Ooh. And they had that... They're both box. Time. They had that like a legal box that got you the like, yeah. But I was like a little gay boy who was like you know I, the only time I think I watched Queer as Folk was when my parents were both gone and I was able to sneak into their bedroom, turn it on and see it. And wow. so you were did just, you touch like, yourself? Did I jerk myself off? Yeah, um, probably. Yeah, you probably were some of my early. I never did. It's a very common story. A lot. Of, yeah, I, yeah. I have lots of sort of thirty-year-old gay men coming up to me, going, "Oh, you used to jerk off to your show in the basement all the time." <laughs> um, they also say lots of other really, really lovely and beautiful things. Like it made me feel seen. It made me feel like there was a place for me in the world. And yeah, so, yes, that, totally. that, that I that I that I really will carry with me to my grave. But the but the the, the sometimes you know that's not the worst thing either. You know, yeah. It's not. It's yeah. true. Better to have been masturbated. At the not. Oh yes, that's the true. And, and it may well not have been me. You never know. I mean, it may, it may well, well have been specifically other characters. Yeah, it could so. have been Gail Harold. Could have yes. been whomever. Yes. Could have been the the lovely Bobby Gonzalez. Oh, Gant. Oops. The <laughs> interplay between every everyone on the show and all those naked sex scenes. Um, no, you know what? I think Peter will probably relate. You know, like when we were growing up, we are very close in age. Um, uh, there wasn't much, you know, in terms of visibility. I remember, like, desperately seeking out any gay film when I finally, like, was, was exploring my sexuality after really repressing it for a very long time. You know, I would go to independent video stores and, like, rent out the entire gay section and just see all kinds of weird, sometimes horrible, but... But some, you know, I wanted to see myself reflected on screen. My beautiful Andrette. Well, that's beautiful. Morris, those, those. those. Morris, I watched it recently, by the way. It doesn't hold up. It was, it was rather heartbreaking how much it doesn't hold up. My but beautiful Andrette does. I, I believe that. I absolutely yeah. believe that. That's, that's one of my favorite it, films of all time. And I think it's, I've never I, seen I think that. it's the first that you I saw. Must. You absolutely must. My beautiful see it. Andrette. It's yes. Daniel Day Lewis, and isn't it oh, Stephen wow. Frears who made it? I, I, for, I think you're right, but I don't want to. Promise. I mean, I'm embarrassed I think it is. Sure. I'm not going to look it up, but it doesn't matter. Um, but you know, he also just made um, a very English scandal, right. which is which gorgeous. Russell Davies, mm. who created the original British Queer yeah, Folk, wrote it together. Oh, yeah, there you go. And there we are. We brought it full circle. But um, no, I just remember like Peter was a very close friend of mine at the time that he got um, uh, Queer Folk, and I just remembered that whole process and how it really changed your life and but 
it, you know, even if I hadn't known you, I think I would have watched that show anyway because I was at a time when I still was starved for seeing my we, life on screen. We all were. And, yeah. you know, I'm a firm believer that representation in media really matters. Yeah. For whatever reason, we as a culture have chosen that black box in our living rooms as the arbiter of truth. You know, we all collectively, even, even you know, fiction programming, even quote-unquote reality program, which we all know is, is, is scripted, you know, even that stuff, we've decided that's what's real. That's more real than what we live in our actual lives. And so to not see some reflection of yourself up there, some people who are, who are craving the same things you're craving, who are facing the same challenges you're facing, to not see that ever is, is really painful. And... Um, really, you know, um, uh, has a real negative impact, I think, on how we view ourselves. And Will and Grace came along maybe a year and a half before. Um, exactly, um, yeah. And you did appear on that as well. I did. Um, I was, you know, it's, it's a little known fact that I was the, I was like the other choice for Jack. I mm. was. And it was a really painful thing. I got very close to getting it. That didn't get it. That would be really painful. And, and then the next like three series that I tested for, the reason I didn't get it was I reminded them too much of Sean Hayes. And I was oh, like, that's so annoying. Oh my God. I, I didn't get the big thing. And now that's going to ruin, it's going to be the end of my career. This is going to ruin my well, chances. But then something then, came along that you were perfect for. And then the right thing happened. And um, and it was different. It wasn't so sitcom. So The Willing Grace was, was cast uh, was, before yeah, like a drama and that you that you provided a lot of uh, comic relief in, but but your dramatic arcs were also really well yeah, handled. And, and, and you my worked favorites. with amazing people. Absolutely. And, um, and, it, and Sharon it's, Glass. I wouldn't be... Oh. My dame. The yeah. Dame, the dame Sharon Glass. I, I mean, love her so much. So um, wonderful in that show. I, I, wouldn't, I don't think I would be doing what I'm doing now if I'd been on a half hour instead of an hour long show. Well, that's, I, I learned so much there. About that's, how that's what I always me. said. Because I actually did, like, well, one of the trips I took to the Toronto Film Festival, I visited you. And that's how, actually, I got involved in your film. Because I happened upon this lovely and strange individual who was looking to put money into films mm -hmm. and I wanted him to put money into one of my films. <laughs> but your film was done and he could watch that Right. and he didn't have a huge imagination. He read something he was like, well, I don't know, but yours was done. He could watch it. He was like, that I can do. So um, How did you guys meet? We met at a party, a, a holiday party that uh, of a Someone I went to college with. We had mutual friends. Oh, yeah, okay. we just yeah. yeah. We were part of we were part of kind of a posse for our our gotcha. early our late twenties. So you were in like a little late twenties into early thirties. Yeah. yeah, we nice. were we were part. There was sort of a crew of about eight to ten of us, and we would totally we we would stuff together regularly <laughs> and, yeah. and yes and caroused together. We and caroused, so, yes, and yes. we had, we enjoyed lovely times and. We did in Malibu. In Malibu, and so we did. And, yes, <laughs> and and everywhere in between. Everywhere, in between. <laughs> indeed. No, and but I always I have such fond memories of that time. You know, honestly, like it coming moving from New York. You know, working while well, I was working on a film, but under difficult circumstances and needing to kind of like put some distance between me and my family that was very disapproving of me. Um, meeting the crew of people that that posse um, really made this a home and you know mm -hmm. helped me fall in love with Los Angeles and um, you know I, I that is I see some of those people still that's not my posse these days but um, I really appreciate the kind of like uh, you know boost it's so important to have that yeah it I really was, it was great particularly in Los Angeles yeah. I love LA I think LA is just a world class city especially now but I, it is a lonely city it can be you, very isolated you, you know if you do not have people I think it could be really really hard to be yeah. here so I too am very grateful for that that period of time and all of us and, and, yeah. and that what we all did for each other we all you know, we were all around for each other's first successes and yeah. early and lots and lots of challenges and failures. And the, we were the people who picked each other up and went, you know, yeah, you didn't get that series, but but good for you. You screen tested like yeah. nobody screen tests. Like you're the you're the only person I know who screen tested. So totally good for you. Like there there was Eric, you were you know, the queerest folk behind the queerest folk. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I did weirdly know a bunch of those people. I went to college with Bobby Gant. I went to. I mean, I. 
I knew Gail Harold through my upstairs neighbors in Silver Lake. That is, that's crazy. I know. That's I actually funny. Had that's a third of the cast right there. Yeah, I had the opportunity to talk to him about that because I, I run into him now every now and then and um, he's a cool cat. He's a great guy. Yeah, Gail's I like, a, I like him. I, I always guy. liked him even back, you know, in the 90s and at those parties of Steve and Glenn, my upstairs neighbors, um, who made really crazy experimental films um, and anyway, they were fun, fun people. Um, Where are you from? Yeah. Uh, born in Connecticut, raised up and down the East Coast, never lived anywhere particularly long. Totally. Um, divorced parents, they just both moved a lot, and I lived with each of them for periods of time. Oh, okay. In order it goes, Connecticut, Indiana, Ohio, Illinois, back to Indiana, Maine, Alabama, North Carolina for high school, wow. Boston for college, New York, Oregon, L.A., Toronto, L.A. That gets us roughly to the last. Oh the last. my! That's a God, lot of living around as a kid. Yeah, lot. well, I mean, and some some of that's as an adult too. But but yeah. It well, was, no, I hear I, I, it was a peripatetic I, childhood for sure. Peripatetic, indeed. What does peripatetic mean? Wandering. Just for our listeners, because we have. <laughs> 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 um. <laughs> the only reason I know is from chorus line. Don't think I'm all that snobby. It's just uh, it's, well. <laughs> I, you have to, it's in it's in the song one. Was Parap- that hard? Peripatetic, poetic, and she. Oh, that's so cute. Yeah. Was that hard to move so much? Do you have siblings? Uh, I don't. I do have a sibling. I have a half-sister. Mm. But she wasn't born until I was almost 14. Okay. So yeah. I was. I am, for all intents and purposes, if you're doing a psychological profile of me, I am an only child. Sure, yes. Um, she says the same thing, that she's, in, mm-hmm. for all intents and purposes, an only child, too. Um, uh, it, it, it was hard, but I, I'm a little bit made for it. I'm a Gemini. I'm pretty extroverted mm. and social. Mm-hmm. Um I also you do make think- friends easily. Of that crew, I recall being, well, there, Doug Buden, come on, I mean, yeah. that's no. I'm, I'm wrong about that. Doug, Doug was the one. Yes. Yeah, Doug's, Doug, <laughs> Doug, 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 Doug can make a friend out was of that. Was Doug in the posse? Yeah, oh, well, yeah. Doug we, was the, the yeah. central. Uh, the, Doug was the social, Doug, Doug was the Martha Doug Stewart Doug. of the posse. Yeah, the yeah. posse is. revolved around Doug. <laughs> yeah. and, and Doug is the one that, that has maintained friendships mm-hmm. with, with the whole posse. We all gathered recently for his birthday, and yes. it was a his, really special... His, his semi-centennial. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's not shy. He's, you know, he, he's been playing 50 for the last 15 years. <laughs> it's true. As well, he should, yeah. So, yeah, Doug turned 50 this a couple weeks ago. It was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So hard to believe and that it was it's happening. A, wasn't it a beautiful event? It was. It was great. I loved it. it. Great, yeah. I loved seeing people, and it was just... Um, I had a great time. Me too. Good nice party. to catch up with everybody. Do I know anybody else from that posse? Um, mm, I, I don't mean, know. Abraham, I, I met Abraham the, Higginbotham. the greatest. Abraham Higginbotham. I haven't met him yet. You you will. Um, you will. He's he's. Uh, uh, do you know? Eminent guest. Sal. Sal. Sal? No. no. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we, we, Randall Rapstein's not here anymore. We're talking about having Chris Chris on. Oh, and also Chris Shea and Joe Daly. I don't think you've met many of the rest of them, but, um, cool. but you, will you will hopefully make Looking forward to it over the years. <laughs> now that I've done it, they'll all come around. Yeah, it's like, oh my God. You know what? That's true. true. That's true. <laughs> That's I, mean, I, really I was it. trying to use like Doug, uh, you know, with people. I was like, listen to Doug's episode. See how fun it is. You know, and then he got me Jeff Greenberg to come on, which oh, was sweet. Nice. Yeah, wasn't oh, that fun? Um, but... Um, yeah. And so you were also like incredibly intelligent and you went to school. I read your little IMDb profile. It was, it was, well, nice Peter did go to BU. And Graduated summa cum laude. With a, with a posse of people who make up some of that posse. A lot of your college friends are the, like the hub of that posse. Mm-hmm. And it's incredible how successful um, you all have been. But I always kind of give it as an example, not necessarily by name, but when I'm talking to actors like Nathan, who also has a YouTube channel and writes comedy for himself and is, you know, got a short film in the works and things, I'm just always like, you, as an actor, people, I think people know this, but uh, as an actor, you can't just like sit by the phone and wait for your agent to call. Not anymore. I mean, especially with the barrier to entry where you can just make your own things. But, yeah. but I remember you and Doug and Abraham and everyone writing materials, doing something at the Met Theater maybe, mm. you know, writing a, writing a sitcom pilot or a, a film before you knew the form, you know, it, it just like very early on realizing like, I've got to do this. And then I always, you know, I, I knew that you used that opportunity of Queer as Folk 
to just watch what everyone was doing. Like, what are the departments? What what's happening here? What is the showrunner doing? I I literally never spent a day in my trailer. Well, that's not true. One day in five years I spent in my trailer because I was definitely definitely <laughs> ill. I wanted to die. Other than that, I would get ready in the morning. I would grab my tub of gummy bears. I have a pretty serious sugar addiction. But I'm oh, off sugar. Really? Yeah. Oh, uh, but, I was going to um, say there's some but, sugar no, no, on the no, table. No, no, no. I'm off. Um, uh, <laughs> but um, I would get my tub of gummy bears and I would go to set. And I would sit by the director or I would sit by the DP or I would follow a grip around or you I had would, an incredibly was... well compensated film school for five years yes exactly, <laughs> exactly. So that's eat... the way to do it don't go to USC <laughs> get yourself cast on a Showtime series <laughs> become a gay icon <laughs> and then launch yourself into television into directing and J-Lo will, will say like I love that script let's get it made <laughs> and you ate gummy bears every day on set <laughs> oh my god that's a lot of gummy bears oh yeah no I had very good nails and uh, yeah I had very good nails because of it, all the gelatin. the gelatin yeah um anyway yeah it was like it was it was like the best the best uh grad school i could ever have hoped for everyone yeah. was so sweet and generous with me and i remember the first like the first camera assistant the focus puller took a saturday afternoon um i took him out to coffee and he brought lenses and he showed me the lenses and he talked to me about the lenses and how they work and why they work and what they're used for like people went out of their way to really help me understand i remember kind of having this conversation with you because like i think you invited me to the premiere of the premiere of Queer as Folk mm. and then also the premiere of the final season of mm. Queer as Folk. And I just remember, like, the change, uh, you know, that I saw in you over those five years mm. and what you were ready for next. Right. Um, and one of you'd already made your first Yeah, Sam could be already shot. Between four and five. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So... Um, no, I, w- I thought that was very impressive. And then, you know... It, it just became really... I, I had, I decided I wanted to be an actor when I was super, super young. I was six. Mm. And, and really that impulse came out of like, if you came over to my house for like a play date, I would make up a play. I would be like, you say this and go over there and I'll say this and I'll go over here and you say this and you go over there. Which is writing and, I'll do and this, directing. Which is writing and directing. Yeah. But I didn't know that. To me, it, it felt like it was acting. That was the only word I knew for that whole expression. Right. And so I was like, oh, I'm going to be an actor. And we did a play in the first grade. I was the Scarecrow in The Wizard of Oz. My whole family came and they were like, are you going to be an actor when you grow up? And I was like, yep. <laughs> and I never wavered. Mm-hmm. You can ask my, my parents. Like, yeah. there, there might have been like, like a, a week where I was like, I'm going to be a chef. And then there'd be like a week. I can't cook at all, by the way. And then there would be like a week where like, I'm going to be a flight attendant. Like, like Because I had a great experience on a plane or something. Like, <laughs> but like, that was it. I, really, I just decided I wanted to be an actor. And, and I was going to ride that horse until it dropped. I went to acting school. You know, got some really great classical training. And went to New York and really struggled. And um, I really thought like, From BU oh. to New York? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I sort of graduated, uh, you know, at the top of my class. And I was, I sort of was one of the darlings of the program. And, but the truth is I was trained for something that didn't exist. I was trained for regional repertory theater, which mm. no, almost nobody does anymore except yeah. for Ashland and, uh, you know, ART in, in Boston, sort of. Right. Um, so I, and... And also, I just wasn't in my body yet. I was like six foot one, but had the face of like a 12 year old. And I had been, <laughs> I'd been in acting school, so my, my voice was dropped in all the time. I talked like this all the time because I was so, so, so dropped in and warmed up all the time. <laughs> and so I, like, I just didn't make any sense. And I was right. gay, but uncomfortable with being gay. Right. So like trying to apologize for that or hide that from people, obscure it. Like it just was. Were you open at college? Yeah, I was totally out of oh, college. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I started I started the program straight. Two weeks later, I was bi, and a semester later, I was gay. That's the, that's the, that's the exact... <laughs> that was the other thing that I was struck by, and that really helped me. You know, um, your posse from BU had been out and open mm-hmm. in college, which I was not, and I was, like, deeply repressed, and had come out in New York to friends before I moved here, but, you know, it was really... I did have friends in New York before I moved here, gay friends, but um, this was, like, the first group that I kind of, like, relaxed with and just, like, 
um, let go of some of my repression. It's a lifelong struggle. <laughs> <laughs> I, know. I remember though. I remember that arc about you. I remember just just being like, being like, come on, girl, loosen up. Yeah, this is it. We're just gonna have some fun. Like yeah. it's just not. It doesn't have to be so serious. Really, I oh. know because I was. Really oh, he was like, really. In, I mean, you, the things I was I don't, very traumatized by things that happened to me. Things that you're. I forgive me, rest no, soul. Your, the things your mother yeah. said to you, yeah. I still I still remember. I'm They're still about it under my skin. And, and I actually, I, in fact, I driving actually, here today, I thought about what she said, and I thought about her death, and I thought about how complicated and confusing that must have been. I spoke about it with her best friend at a Christmas party, kind of like, not in the open, it was her house, but just, just weeks ago. Um, you know, because I had the experience of, like, you know, at my sister's wedding, like, all of my parents' friends who are liberal, lovely people, many of them would come up to me and said, you know, we would love to be at your wedding, mm. you know? And um, they were going out of their way to say things to me that my own parents wouldn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, that, you know, I mean, that woman is now dead, so you know, was relentlessly not accepting to the end. But there's nothing to do about that. You know, it's just like... That's the hard... And I think that's what's so hard. You... Well, but eventually, though, this past year was so kind of healing because, like, I have just accepted, like, my, my family for... They're human beings. They were doing the best they can. They... Um, had their own limitations and were shaped by the events of their own lives. And uh, I'm so thankful and grateful to my father for providing such a beautiful life for us. And um, he he always did kind of try to reach out more. And even though we we don't understand each other on a lot of levels, but, um, you know, he uh, he's a beautiful man. I'm very thankful for him. My sister has always been a beautiful champion. Um, it's all, you know, it's all I can do is just like be grateful, not for what's there. Sure, have resentment sure. or anger. I think that I really was very angry when I moved here, and I and I stayed angry for a very long time. And I think it really held me back in a lot of ways. I think I had an attitude, and I think that I, you know, kind of like it, I didn't attract certain opportunities, and I also and certain other things kind of like blew up, you know, because of a lot of, a lot of reasons, but, um, sure, 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 sure. I, the thing I've observed in my friends who had difficult relationships with their parents, my parents are both still alive. Thank God. And I'm really grateful for that. But my friends who had difficult relationships with their parents and their parents passed, they, they, they go through, you sort of have to mourn the person that died and then you have to mourn the parent that you never got. The parent that you wanted, the parent you were hoping they were turning into, mm-hmm. and I just think that's a just doubly complicated process. Well, I, I had a, a beautiful mother, um, you know, for you know, and, until I became honest about who I was, right. you know, um, yeah. she was a beautiful champion of who I pretended she, to be, who she wanted me to be, right, um, and. Um, you know, it's been five years, almost exactly to the day since she died. So mm. it's like, you know, yes, yeah. it's time. I agree, <laughs> but but I just I just wanted to honor that and just say, Thank you, you know, I hear it, and I I'm I know it can't have been easy. No, and there's something to this thing. This <laughs> I, I didn't start doing this with Nathan to like exercise my demons, but. Um, but I'm actually Eric's therapist. <laughs> <laughs> is, oh my god, have I been brought into no, for, I mean, wow. so really we We're try, on the clock, Eric. <laughs> we really do try I know I should be paying you for this. Um, we we really do try to, to focus on a wide array array of guests who do different things and hopefully people get something out of learning about their stories. But you know, I mean my father I think listened to the first episode, he's like, You talk too much. You know, he's like, let people answer. I was like, well, if people listen to more than one episode, we're the through line. You know, Mm -hmm. like, yes, people that are massive Peter Page fans, fanatics. I've seen some of those people. Maybe they... (laughs) um, (laughs) uh, Hopefully they will listen and get something out of this. 
But if they're going to listen to another episode, it's not going to be because of Peter Page. Probably not. Do you have a lot of, do you have people stop you still all the time and be like, Queer as Folk? Or, or do you get recognized? And what do you get recognized for usually? Uh, I do. Usually it's Queer as Folk. Yeah. Um, but, but a lot of Queer as Folk fans became Fosters fans. So that, oh, yeah, so that, that sure. was really nice. That we, And I'm really grateful for that. The support that one kind of fan family brought to the, to the next experience. Um, uh, and because I'm just a little bit known in gay circles, sure. even just being the, the EP creator of the Fosters right. was a thing. And so, um, so yeah, it, I mean, it's usually queer as folk when it happens. It doesn't happen all the time. Um, was it a lot when it, the show was on? Yeah. Yes. And it was like, it was intense when it was with uh, Peter and just like seeing the, you know, just seeing people it, a lot of attention yeah, all the time it was a lot it was you you know especially in uh, a gay bar or a place like that it was it was intense um you know <laughs> it was intense we it, it made our friend abraham quit acting <laughs> we oh, were out wow. to dinner one night and some people kept interrupting it was just him and me out to dinner people kept interrupting us and finally he was like is this what it is is that what it is to <laughs> achieve the success that we've been seeking for a decade and i was like it's a part of it and he was like i can't do that yeah. I don't want that. Yeah, yeah, and that's yeah. when he started writing, and now he's, you know, a hugely successful uh, TV writer. Well, giant, yeah, giant. So, right so now, it, it was Modern it was, Family yeah. just sold a pilot, and, you know, and then yeah. your other, you know, very, very close friend, Krista, is running Grey's Anatomy. I mean, that crew is we, really we, lighting, we, a, blazing a trail. <laughs> we've done all right. <laughs> we've done all right for ourselves. It's really, it sometimes blows my mind. But the thing I think that's, critical to it and we've sort of touched on it but is is that we were all there for each other mm. is that is that even with our shit even when we were our worst selves in our you know in our 20s our messiest selves our most broken selves our smallest selves yeah. even then we managed to stay there for each other and they were the people I called when I was like, I can't test for one more series and not get it. I can't be number two for one more job. I can't do it. I can't do it. I'm living But even a, things that don't you know, have to do with the business. I mean, you were there for, well, you through everything. Of course. We were yeah. there. With the, that, that, the friendship part's easy. Yeah, <laughs> it's, right. it's this business and what it does to people. Yeah, yeah. That, um, and specific to, and I'm also looking at the lens specific of like what, what got us all to this level of success. Right. But we all were able to look at each other and support each other and celebrate each other's successes and near successes and support each other during failures and just everybody, you know, water lifts all boats. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so we all just kept pouring water in the And plug harbor. those holes when they need to get plugged. Nathan. Nathan. Later. Where did you uh, move when you first moved to LA? What neighborhood were you in? Uh, I lived my very first apartment. Actually, the first place I stayed was literally like right around the corner from here. Oh, we're just right. Which we don't say. We have so many stalkers. I know, but we're like literally like three blocks over on oh, this block. Great, basically. Oh, that was, cool. I stayed there for a month. It was Krista's older sister's apartment building. And she oh, let me yeah. stay. She let me crash in, in one for like 200 bucks for the month Kylie. or something. Yeah, totally. No, no. Sydney. That was someone else. Okay, Sydney. yeah, yeah. No, Kylie, She's lovely. Yeah. Sydney's okay. great. Um, but then my first apartment was very close to where I live now. My first apartment was like Willoughby and Alta Vista. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah, I remember yeah, that. Right That's it was great. a studio. It was, the whole apartment was roughly the size of your living room and dining room, the whole apartment. Mm, yeah. yeah, but it was totally. it was three hundred and fifty hours a month, and and one of the amazing it's not bad things. For one person actually, it's no case. Based. It was fine. It's unheard of. It was actually fine. Even at the time. It was, it was, it was a great a, deal. It was a good deal. And, and then I did it. And then I moved to a little one bedroom that was like 415. And I was like, oh God, can I, can I, can I swing the, that was on uh, Las Palmas. Yeah. That's right. 65 so, more dollars. But I lived across it. the street from Abraham and we would like, you know, share a turkey burger once a day, which was mm-hmm. all we could afford. But like mm-hmm. it, it, um, what were your side? What did you get a side gig right away? And um, I didn't, I was pretty, uh, well, maybe Doug Buden <laughs> cooked for you a lot. Probably. Doug did cook for us a lot. We ate a lot of pasta. <laughs> um, I had come from Portland. Oregon where I was doing a lot of theater and I really wanted to like call myself an actor and be available to be an actor and not kind of disappear down the rabbit hole of like a side job so my first year here I didn't do anything except except audition and work my very I was really lucky my very very first audition in LA I booked the job 
Oh, suddenly Susan. Very, yes. very yes. encouraging manager who's no longer with I did. Us. I did. Calvin Mason. Bless yeah. us all. He was he, a lovely guy. He was a lovely guy, and he loved me and believed in me far more than I ever did. That is so great also to come right out the bat, do one audition, and be like, boom, I'm on TV. It was. Here we I, are, LA. I cried for four hours, and I'm not kidding. I had left New York with my tail between my legs because I had not worked at all, and all my friends were signed to big agencies. And like, How long were you in New York for? Uh, three and a half years. Okay, yeah. And and they were they were signed to big agencies Kate and they Jennings were auditions, auditioning Jennings. for. <laughs> but they were you know they were even if they weren't working a ton they were auditioning all the time for big fancy shiny mm. shit and I was standing in line at the equity you know at equity at five o'clock in the morning. Yeah. And which is um, actually mm-hmm. a story that Doug tells on our podcast episode uh, with him. Just used to you know used to see um, Alice and Janney online. Yeah. At five in the morning. You yeah. Know? I mean it's true. And yeah. Doug and I were there together. Doug and I would meet there. We would go. We would get our number for the audition. And then we would go back to Doug's apartment, sleep uh, again for like another hour or two. I would sleep on the couch and sit in his bed. And then we would wake up and pretend that it hadn't happened and that we just had a scheduled audition. We would just act like we had an appointment. I had an office. I was working in a theatrical office and then we did a, we, we produced a, Broadway, sh- an off-Broadway show, and then a TV series, and then other things. But it was in the Equity Building on 46th Street. You were right there. Um, and I was, like, playing <laughs> Jump Rope and Voice Quick. All right. <laughs> Settle down. Uh, young Nathan. Pick one You're, of our themes. You hadn't even come out of your father's balls yet. Yeah. Settle down. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but, yeah. It, so, anyway, um, where, did, where how did we get to this? We, we well, you, the threat. you were saying... Where, you were where saying, you moved to LA. So, you know, because you were saying, like, you had left New York with your tail Oh, and I got to LA yeah. finally. So I left New York with Tampa Twins, went to Portland ostensibly to start a theater company. That didn't work, but I but I booked work there. My I booked a play there. Suddenly, and in a city like Portland, when you do some good work, everybody notices you right and away. You got to know the town, and then shot your first pond. film there. I did later, years yeah. later, years later, I did. Um, but the then this manager came to town and Calvin saw me it. doing a play and said, and it was basically it was a terrible play. But um, it was kind of a sitcom on stage. But he he was like, "You should be in L.A." This was right. This is the year after Friends had gone on the air, and he was like, it's "Remarkable you that he went so can far afield do this. to look for talent." I mean, it's where he was from. It was where he was from. And actually, to be there. on a little bit of a side note, he had AIDS and he had gone home to die. Oh, and oh my gosh! He had gone home to die. It was over. And then they, at the last minute, they put him on the cocktail. And they yeah, saved his he life. He survived for years after he that. He survived for more than a decade after that. Yeah, which nice. was miraculous wow. considering how close. I mean, he was, he literally was at the brink of death. Wow. And so he, um, when he was felt well enough and decided he was going back to LA to do it again, he sort of thought, like, well, let me scour the talent here. Let me see who, you know, if there's anybody who's ready. And he um, just was all about me. And I, in a really beautiful way, and it didn't occur to me till years later, but I think I was connected to his second chance. Like, I think there was something deeper that was about him mm. that, that wasn't just about me in wow. terms of what the energy he put like into he saw me. I represented. Well, it, it just, I, I coincided with this moment in his life where he got to live again. Yeah. And so, so my successes became associated with his rebirth and associated with his own journey, if that you makes sense. You could tell. I mean, I didn't no. know that story about him, but... He was so invested in you. He he was one of um, the great, great gifts of my life. Yeah, he was really a lovely he guy. really was. And he beat down doors. He took him five phone calls to get me that first audition. Uh, and, uh, and, and... But what five, a great champion to have, because he was just not going to take no for an answer. He's like, listen, mm-hmm. I want the world to know how great this Peter Page is. And that's absolutely the truth. And yeah. that's what he did that first job. And then, and then I got a call back, and he was thrilled. And he said, I wasn't going to tell you this, but the casting director threatened my life, basically. Basically, <laughs> when when he agreed to see you, and then I went in and booked the job. And by the way, it's also one of those divine things because I had n- almost no on-camera experience, almost none. I did some infomercials. I had done one short film, and I had done one line on a UPN show called Nowhere Man. That no was it. industrials in New York. What, what were you doing? What I couldn't book the mayor. I didn't have an agent. Oh. I was the, I was wandering the streets calls. begging people to hire me. Um, so I um, uh, I had like I said almost no on-camera experience. And um, I went into Suddenly Susan and I killed this audition. Yeah. It was a perfect part for me. And the two executive producers of Suddenly Susan, Gary and Steven, um, they both had been regional theater actors. 
I was in pretty much the only room in Los Angeles I could have been in where my resume meant something because I had all these regional theater productions on like, my resume. Oh, and literally, the last there? I had, well, and oh, you, you worked, you worked with Liz Huddle. Yeah. Liz Huddle was like the doyen of, of West Coast regional theater. And they were like, we love Liz. We worked with her for years. And I was like, Liz Huddle loves me. Give her a call. And, <laughs> yeah, that's so and they were the that only people who were going to take that risk on me. It was yeah. a huge part. It was a huge guest star. I had it was I had scenes with Barbara Berry, Susie Kurtz, and uh, Brooke, Brooke Shields. Shields. Yeah. Wow. And I had all the jokes. And it was it was yeah. it was a it was bonkers, but it was so what I needed. I had come to LA, you know, I was emboldened by my time in, in, in Portland. I had found my sea legs. I, I remembered again why I loved what I did and that I was good at it. But I but there was a little tiny voice in the back of my head that was like, you're gonna fail again. You're gonna you're gonna fail again. There's no real place for you in this business. You're too ugly, you're too gay, you're not talented enough, you're a ugly. fraud. Did you think that? Oh, no. I always thought that. Always thought that. What? Always, you're so cute. Are you kidding me? Thank you. That's very sweet of you. Fortunately, this is fortunately there's no camera on us now, so no one no one has to see this. But yeah, that's always been part of my story. Okay. I'm not handsome well, fair enough. enough. So um so I was always just afraid they were just that's gonna, not gonna how be like people that I was see gonna get you. To, see you. Thank you. I, appreciate that. Um, uh, I really didn't say that to fish. I say that more to no, talk I, about I know. I the, that. The, the shit that we carry and yeah. what it does to us and how easily we can let it derail us. Totally. I, but I really thought that there was a chance that I was going to get to like the county limits in Los Angeles with my car. They were going to stop and be like, <laughs> no, no, uh-uh. turn it around. With that face, so not with that bye, face. go to Bakersfield. Queen, you out of here. Should, you out should of here, see homo. the corn-fed <laughs> twinks coming here from Iowa. Yeah. Not you. Exactly. Bye. That was Really, I really was like there was a little part of me that was afraid of that. So when I got here and I got an audition and then I booked that job, I literally cried for four hours. Oh, it was such. It was like the universe was just like. And you did that You're before undressed, right? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I remember undressed. Undressed was actually a, a couple. Undressed was at least a year later. I'd done several other sitcoms by that point. Mm. So all right. So I guess when I met you, you ha- you hadn't even shot. Um, the uh, Suddenly Susan yet because I think I remember no I think I had I think you were post Suddenly Susan oh, okay. I what think year you're was that, uh, Suddenly Susan was October of 97 I met you in December of 97 there you go so just was immediately post, post. It, just by post. the way I think it aired so you were you on, a, you were on it, yeah. a cloud a I cloud was. of success you everything you cried it out for four my, hours my, <laughs> my friend Michael Medico who was a few years behind me in acting school Michael always says that he was in New York at the time and he turned on the TV, and there I was on Suddenly Susan, as a guest star, by the way, one episode. But he was like, oh, Peter Page made it. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing could be further from the truth. Like, right. You can easily like, do one guest star and never work again. It didn't but, pay your rent for a year. No, it sure didn't. Not even, that, not even my 300 But when I met you that at that Stu Gibbs holiday party, you did have a little swagger. And I think maybe that's, <laughs> maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. Hello, everybody. You might have seen me. <laughs> perhaps perhaps you know me from television. Suddenly, <laughs> Susan. Yeah, I was so. So I didn't. Uh, this was all answering your question. Oh my God, this is hilarious. Uh, I answer your question about work. I didn't want to work other other than that. And I booked that job. So I was like, oh, I'm going to work. And I, it was like another three to six months before I booked my second job and another three to six months before the third job after that. And I was accruing debt. I wasn't living large, but I was like putting groceries on a credit card. Yeah. Right? And I then, after about... That's a little scary. It was super, super scary. But after about two and a half years, I was like, oh, I have $30,000 in credit I still have to pay off those carrots from 1998. Yeah. So I had a huge... I suddenly had this big whack of credit card debt, and I was like, okay, I've got to accept responsibility for my financial life now. By yeah. getting cast as a lead. <laughs> in a TV series. <laughs> well, interestingly, I like... So that's on my, my mood board. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> By the way, I mean, that is exactly how it happened, except for the fact that I did, I consolidated my debt, I cut out my credit cards, I I got a couple jobs, I was reading scripts, and I was a name, I was generating names for a branding specialist, Mm. which is a very weird little job that sounds really fun in the abstract and is fun for like the first 15 minutes, but spending eight hours a day generating names in this world. It's creative, it's very Mad Men. It is very creative. (laughs) It is unfortunately, though, it's also very... 
minutia oriented, which I am not. I'm like big ideas, big swings, big moods. Yes, you yes. handle it. That's right. <laughs> that's my that's my really is that what yeah. you did with J Lo and the Foster? Really <laughs> <laughs> close. You're like, um, you no. know what? I, I have this concept. You figure it out, J Lo. Yeah. No, that's not <laughs> how that worked at all. But I, but I just I mean that, that it's um, uh, so anyway. Generating names was a was a hilarious side job that I did for a, for a for a while, and then I, I booked Queer as Folk, and I was lucky enough to be able to pay off that debt in a couple in a couple weeks but it was, um, <laughs> a couple weeks yeah. but that's but you know so what was post queer's folk life was it a little was that was well, that he filmed in Toronto up, he set himself up by and that's why you were living so, there sorry he set himself yeah, up sorry. by shooting a film I did while still doing it so I you did. were already establishing uh, establishing yourself as a filmmaker right I was really trying to open other doors for myself and I knew because I knew it became very clear once I got it, oh bring it all back once I booked Queer as Folk, which was like the check mark I needed, it was like you did it. You're a series regular on a on a on a hit series. You've yeah. accomplished the thing that that people told you you weren't going to be able to do. Mm. Um, you know, even when I graduated acting school, they were like, "You're great. You're really a director." Mm-hmm. And I didn't hear that as like an objective statement. I heard that as you're too ugly and you're too gay and you're never going to work. Oh. And I was like, "I'll I'll show you." I'll and show you. Did. We don't all have to be Kim Raver, who was in my class at BU, who's a lovely actress on Grey's Anatomy and has never stopped working. But, Beautiful. But Kim started working the second we graduated, and that's who I was comparing myself to, if that sure, makes sense. Right. You know? Yeah, yeah. Sure. So, um, but so I, I did it. I got there. I found my place in Hollywood. I, I was making a difference. I yes, knew it was all really good. But as soon as I settled into that job, this, like about three, four months into that job, when I knew how to do that job... I was like, oh, I want to be writing and directing. I have more to say than than other people's words. Than these words, totally. So I loved Queer's Folk. I was incredibly fortunate. I think I got to play the best character on the series. They wrote me amazing things. They came to me during the pilot. They pulled me aside and said, hey, you're fantastic. And I said, oh, well, thank you. Please don't fire me. And they said, "We're (laughs) we're not going to. They said, we weren't expecting to get an actor for this role. We were expecting to get like a funny, quippy queen, Carson Kressley. Yeah, mm-hmm. something yes. like somebody, that. but somebody, yes, exactly, but, somebody you know, who, yes, a, a, a comic, a comic who's who's funny and quippy and really queeny, and but and we were just going to have him, and we were just going to have him crack jokes from the sidelines. That was going to be the whole purpose for the part. But watching you work, it's very clear you have more to offer than that. So we're going to write to that. Just know it's going to take us a little time because we've already written the first date scripts. And I, I'm so wow, what grateful. how amazing! It was a real. I'm really grateful for that conversation because it got it kept me sane through those first eight. Mm-hmm. And then they honored that. They wrote me incredible stuff. Oh, they would they write did. me these great comic stories, and then they'd pull the rug out from under me. That and old they would man me. that you dated, I loved that. It was a great story with him. My my, you know, my dating Teddy, my best friend. Yeah. That story, which started off hilarious and, his, and awkward, and then drug his drug problem. addiction. Yeah. And, uh, they just wrote me really, really lovely stuff, and they just, they just really, like, I, I felt like they thought I was like a Lamborghini, and they just knew they were going to take it out and really put it to the test. And, and I, you really know what, I literally them. watched every single episode of that series, and I, I don't know that I, I, it wasn't just because of you. I, it was, like I said, because of the visibility. Um, I was still at the time seeking, like. Looking at myself, we you know, all so, were. We so all were. I, really I watched the show, grateful that it existed. It really meant a lot. Even outside me. of my own role in it, I, you know, I watched it and and knew that it mattered and that we needed it. We were so hungry for it. We were not long before that. We were calling each other on the phone when Ricky Lake had gay people on her talk show, yeah, like God, circus yeah. freaks. Like yeah. we would just literally, oh God, Ricky Lake's got gay people on today. And we would right. all turn on the TV at three o'clock and watch some club kid be like, hi, I'm guy, okay. <laughs> and like that was something. It was something. People saw that there were gay people in the world. Right. Right, you know, and so it it, it really is important, and so it, that you know that was a beautiful thing. I watched every episode, <laughs> well, I really thank enjoyed you. it. Thank um, you. And uh, then, you know, I did I did watch uh, your film, Say Uncle, and I really enjoyed. There's a moment where my name flashes across the screen. I enjoyed yeah. that and the film. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the film was shit. The credits no, were outstanding. No, I actually I thought it was very bold, very bold. And you've got such a beautiful cast: Melanie Linsky and Gabrielle Union and Gabrielle and Jimmy and and, and uh, yeah, yeah, it's it was, a it's you know I I remember reading it before getting involved and before having someone like 
you know, dying to write a check, you know, kind of for it. Um, But just thinking like, wow, this is very provocative. I don't know exactly what this is going to be. But yeah, it It was, I mean, in retrospect, do I wish I had made a slightly safer first film? Maybe. Um, it, but but it's it, a it, bold it, it, film, you know. Like, why not? And you got uh, yeah, you got an incredible I, cast. I did, and I learned a ton. And I haven't watched it in years. I probably at some point need to watch it again just to see, like, um, you know, I uh, I'm proud of it. I'm proud it that I was be. brave enough to do it. it yeah, it, you know. And it was one of those films where like people either loved it or hated. Like the Los Angeles Times it gave it a polarizing. rave, mm-hmm. and the New York Times assassinated it like just destroyed it I was, it was like five stars in the LA Times and like zero stars and in you the were Times. like of course New York you never loved me yeah, oh my god it's hilarious I never even put that together but it's so true and by the way the critic who did that is friends with my friend Michael Medico and she he keeps us apart he's never kept us he's never let us be in the yeah, same room because <laughs> oh I think she called me as interesting as a fetus ooh well, this is going to be very interesting. Very compelling. Compelling. They're compelling to half the country, yeah, that's for sure. Exactly. They drive every vote they make. Supreme Court. Uh, very soon. <laughs> oh, Lord. Coming soon. Oh, Lord. Um, Lord. Then that is where my completest part of watching everything that you do, Peter Page, ends. Because I really, in order to prepare for this, I did watch the pilot of The Fosters. Mm-hmm. And it is an extremely well-written pilot. It made me want to see more. Maybe yeah. someday I will. Um, <laughs> then I watched the pilot of uh, Good Trouble, mm-hmm. which also very well-written pilot. Just I, I, I love all the complications. I can see why these things got bought. Um, they're great. And the, the really appealing actors and and all I you know diverse representation. You know. D- very great. I I have not followed either series. I haven't been watching them, but um, but they have fans and they are excellent. Thank you. Yeah, the Truly Fosters. Good. The representation is like amazing on that show. You talked earlier about how important it is for us to see a mirror of ourselves on the TV. It made me think of that show. And when Thanks. you wrote the characters, was that something you hadn't? Of course. I mean, I to me, you know, once I'd had the experience on Queer as Folk, it became really clear to me that like entertainment can can change the world. Mm-hmm. That I, I had experienced it firsthand. And I think, you know, Will and Grace, Queer as Folk, Queer for the Straight Guy, like, I think those things actually are the reason we have marriage equality today. And I I'm not completely in, agree. In, 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 in no small part. That, and, that, and probably that, Will and Grace among all of those the most. It was yeah. network television. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it, you know, I mean, sir, Queer as Folk, absolutely, but it didn't reach as... Much well, of no, no, it absolutely didn't. No, no, I, but it's it's all all but of that yes, contributed to the conversation. Right? Absolutely, the Ellen, Ellen's a part of all that too. Ellen, absolutely, for sure. So, um, but but I so I had had this experience where it could be fun, it could be soapy, it it could be enjoyable, but it also could educate. It also could change hearts and minds. So I, it just at a certain point, you don't want to do anything that isn't doing that. Right, You're, it's like yeah, it's not absolutely. much harder to make a TV show about something than to make a TV show about nothing. And I think that's partially why, and Nathan can maybe speak more to this than anyone, but like why younger audiences, younger people, like it does feel like there's, are, are getting more tolerant, less hang-ups about uh, uh, sexuality, gender fluidity, trans, race, you know, I mean the the generation of white supremacist, white nationalists mm-hmm. that's running our country right now, horrifyingly, after like the amazing Barack Obama we had, you know, yeah. for eight years. What's happening now is horrifying, but I, you know, I don't know quite how it happened. I mean, as a New Yorker who, you know, met Donald Trump multiple times and read him, read about him in the in Spy magazine and the New York Post, and he was just a, a transparent flim-flam con man idiot. Um, but the rest of the country didn't know that. And yeah. thanks to The Apprentice... You know, he was shown to be this thing, and I, you know, the news about him being, maybe <laughs> being a Russian asset. Trump, yeah. like every the, but the, the news about him maybe being a Russian asset, which I believe, I mean, he acts like he is. 
I mean, he tears up the notes of yeah. his meetings with, you know, Putin won't let people into the meetings with Putin, tells the interpreter, don't say a word. And you, I mean, every, every major, you know, except for, in, except for dissolving NATO, except for walking away from NATO, which would be the absolute pinnacle of what Putin would like, he's done pretty much everything that, Syria. That, that, uh, he does that, what, he's doing I what know. they want in Syria. He's, yeah. he, he parrots their... Um, he's letting them get away par- with he, what they've done in Ukraine. He parrots their, their, their talking points about the Ukraine, about yeah. Montenegro. Yeah. Things he knows nothing about. Yeah. But he says exactly what Putin says. It's really yeah. bizarre. Whatever. Um, but I, I think that young people aren't really down with that. And to the extent that they can be motivated to vote. But also... The difference you're making in telling stories, you know, about people, you know, shows aimed at young people. Your shows are aimed at a teen audience. I'm sure it's wider than that, but it, it is. Much, I mean, interestingly, Foster's was like eight to eighty. Like we had the widest mm-hmm. range of viewers on that show, which is network, amazing. But the which network, is great. Is but the network was, was was at the time they they created the show uh, uh, was aimed at teens yeah. and teens in early twenties. Now they've aged up a bit. They which freeform is, is is but but coincidentally, so have our characters. So has the storytelling. Yeah. So has the style of shooting. Like it's been a great um, opportunity to evolve and do something different. Yeah, I just I thought these were amazing pilots. Just thank you very much. I'm sorry that that's all I've seen, but I thought they they um, set up a world and complications and things that I wanted to see more of really effectively. I really enjoyed it. Thank you very much. We're we're, we're, thank you. You're in season one of Good Trouble. Yeah, episode two, in fact, airs in an hour. Yay! I have to as soon as we're done, I'm running running home to live tweet. So when the Fosters ended, was. The, I'm sure the spinoff was already well underway. How, was, how did that <laughs> transition? Did they away? go, we're ending the Fosters, but we want to continue? Or did you say, look, the, why don't we take these two characters in? When they came to us and said, we were trying really hard to get a sixth season of the Fosters, but it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. So um, is there any, does anyone have an idea for a spinoff? Mm. And the three of us, me, Brad, and Joanna, the three executive producers, um, looked at each other and said, well, what if, I mean, I don't know, Mar- Mariana and Callie moved to LA to start their adult lives and they literally said sold 13 on the air and we were like <laughs> that's uh, a good meeting it's a yeah it's a, meeting, meeting, it's a great meeting it's a great meeting here's the problem with it. it we walked away thinking like oh yeah we got a spinoff okay great like, we'll get to keep the family alive yeah. and, and we'll get to tell more stories but but we didn't realize till we had finished shooting the Fosters which was still several months down the road that we didn't know what that's not a show that's a sentence we had to create a whole show. Yeah, we finished shooting the sharp, the Fosters. Have, Peter. Oh no, I have a show going on in the show. What am I right. think? Everybody settle down. I'm not. I'm not saying there's not blessings about it, but but this is the truth. We finished yeah. shooting the Fosters end of February, early March. Mm. We had to be shooting Good Trouble, the first of 13 episodes in a row, no break after the pilot, oh by June 11th. That's a March, quick April, turnaround. May. Three months sure. to create a show, build and design the set, Fosters. find all the characters, cast everyone. Pilots are hard. Oh, no, I know. They're hard. Fortunately, there were three of us, and we knew how each and other worked. And you had the two characters we, already. And we so had the had two leads already. I made some history with them. But everybody else is new. Right. The space they live in is new. Right. The, the I love that space. And, That's such an interesting space. You know a lot of people that live communally in um, lofts. Um, yeah, when they walk into that mm-hmm. loft space, I was like... <laughs> So happy that it depicted something that looks like real life. Because you know, Thank you. so often you see it's like the classic friend set. It's like yeah, nobody like, in New York lives there or could possibly afford it. Yeah, yeah, no. Exactly. We wanted we we were like no, we wanted to have a beauty and a grandeur to it, but it also needs to be a shithole. And also, both like, of them are coming to LA, and neither of them are pursuing entertainment. Yes, which is also kind of interesting. Yeah, nobody who lives in the coterie is pursuing. I mean, that's not true. Uh, Alice, the the um, a, a Chinese lesbian who um, she's she's she fi- kind of finds her way into stand up comedy as everybody does in LA. So I I'm, I, I don't oh, that. Show. Sure. But yeah. <laughs> so um, so uh, anyway, but it's it, look I I've been incredibly incredibly lucky. Yeah. I'm surrounded by really amazing, brilliant people, really amazing collaborators. 
Um, and um, I'm just super, super grateful for the ride I've gotten to take. To have had one hit show as an actor is miraculous, and to have had a, now a, a hit show as a as a writer producer that got a really, spinoff. That got a spinoff is pretty. It's it's pretty bonkers. So I can look around next? and bitch what's about. Next? I can bitch about what um, what I don't have. You know, I can always be like, I'm not Ryan Murphy, but sure. or Brad Cooper. Very, very, not very yet. lucky. Very very lucky. So. <laughs> um, uh, What's next? We, we're we continuing to develop new stuff. Yeah. Season two, we're working on season two of Good Trouble. Uh, it has not been officially ordered yet, but we're we're in the writer's room, so not What's on Harmony? There's something called Harmony? Harmony is a pilot that died, as oh, many okay. of them do. Yep, sure, sure, sure. Do, so. Have you worked on a lot of... This, that Did that happen a lot sequentially? Because you have a lot of shows in between, your say, Uncle and The Fosters, and I think one of them had like 12... Episode. What was that? Um, Do you remember? I don't know. Maybe I can't remember. I was oh, through, oh I my god! I think that's probably right. This terrible, embarrassing reality show that we created that just was. <laughs> I can't even talk about. Oh it. really? That's okay. not main that's No, not, it's, it does no. not. It's that not getting anywhere. People can IMDb yeah. if they care enough. Yeah. Sure. It was really <laughs> awful. But it, but you know what? It was the thing that kept us fed for a year. Right. Yeah. They paid right. our bills for a year. Yeah. Right. That show. So gave you a lot of That was such an awful experience on every level. Was that your only foray into reality? Yeah. Yeah, there, I have one idea for a reality show that I really love, and I would do. It, it's very specific, and it's very kind of well intentioned and honorable. Sure. So I would do that. Find if it the right people itself, to do but, it with. Yeah, you know, but not but something like Mean Girls Club. That's right. Yeah. Oh, God. I, can't, I hate <laughs> wine throwing bitches. I hate television <laughs> that is just exploiting people's mental yeah, illnesses. Yeah, oh my God, I, can't I agree. Very awful people's mental illnesses. It's like you. These are sick people, and mm-hmm. you've given them. Uh, a camera and you've given them fame which is fame is the most dangerous drug yeah, like I've ever danced with he's a crazy it's person really... that they gave a show and now he's our yeah. president <laughs> yeah seriously but, he is yeah, crazy but he's, he's crazy. well he was but he was he was famous before that he's he saw sure. that he he saw tabloid fame. He was a brand. He wanted to be a brand. He understood. Said, he did understand branding he, long that's before his, that's anybody his genius. did. That's uh, long his before genius. anybody did. Totally. He was putting his name on. That. I mean, yeah. Remember? I mean, the eighties. He was putting his name as on a, everything. As a communicator, and, and he brands everything and everyone. You know, he mm-hmm. he like you know little, you know lion this person and little Marco Rubio and right. whatever he said about Jeb Bush. I mean, he very effectively gets people to think of others the way he talks about them. Yeah. Smart. I don't know that I think he's smart, Just, but that, that is smart. No, that, <laughs> yeah, that, that is That device, smart. or effective yeah. at least. He's, 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 and yeah. he's good at it, yeah, you know? Totally. I mean, I have to give him that. He's destroying the world, but whatever. There, There is a life after Trump. We're going to survive. We're we will survive. survive. We're going to find our way through. We are doing it. We're survive. doing it as so, we speak. We're getting so. through it Vive somehow. la resistance. Vive la resistance. Still in the <laughs> shutdown. <laughs> <laughs> well, Peter, um, is there anything next? Is there other than that? Are no, go watch Good Trouble. Movies? Please watch Good Trouble. Freeform, Tuesday nights at 8, also on Hulu. Um, so please, please check it out. I'm so Where proud. I it's see fun it. I and sexy and on messy. Some website. Xfinity, maybe you saw it, or maybe. the Freeform app. I don't know. Those, that's where it's been oh, showing. Oh, sorry, yes. I did see the Freeform. Yes, I got the Freeform app, and I am a cable subscriber. Look at so. that. Now you can watch them anytime Hopefully you Hopefully like. you've got some sort of credit or residual. Does everything on Freeform? I hear the nickel falling in my bank account as we, as we sit here. Does everything from Freeform go to Hulu? Or is that yeah. a, Not everything, but... Is but, Foster's but, on? Out. Foster's is on Netflix, actually. Oh, oh, easy, cool. I have Netflix. Yeah. Good. It's very bingeable, it Fosters. I think you'll find. It's I really agree. One episode, really, you're like, well, well oh, okay, what's going to happen? It's a big, it's a big, Fosters is a great, I mean, it's issue-oriented and it's great. Well, I started watching the finale, and then I saw that you didn't write it, and I was like, I'm stopping, because <laughs> I want to see no. something that he wrote. <laughs> Got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no. Mm. There's lots of good stuff. I wrote the, I wrote the sort of, the, the, um, the, w- there was a finale event that happened. There was three episodes that happened in the summer to kind of keep the series alive. Oh, okay. When we jumped ahead five years and we kind of checked in with the family. Oh, nice. I wrote what was sort of the seri- the real series finale, which is when all the kids graduate from high school, which was gotcha. really, I'm really pleased with. Cool. So, and by the way, 
in television, you don't write anything by yourself. You know, Joanna know, Joanna know. Johnson is an incredible story breaker, and she's always you know. No, except know, but outside of the pilot, I've not written anything without her. I have limited so. time. Of course, of course. No, I'm glad you watched the Good Trouble. Pilot. <laughs> good yeah, Trouble is really. I'm really it's proud. Really of it. good. I will watch more of it, Please and do. I can catch. I've seen the first one. If the second one airs tonight, I can catch up on it. You're right. Yes, you're in. Be I up. haven't fallen behind like I did. Then you can five get on the, years you can get on the Good Trouble Reddit. There you go. Oh, God. I'm not going to do that. Please yeah. don't. Do you, do you have any desire to ever act again and get back on? Uh, I have lately had a little bit of an itch to act. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A, a little bit of an itch. And I just sort of put it out to the, the universe and little things have... Uh, I'm terrible. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, um, I just put it out there like if the right thing presents itself, right. you know. Uh-huh. Well, maybe um, someone will uh, be listening to this podcast. Maybe so. Like, Peter Page will act again? He's, he's what? into it? <laughs> so. yes. Maybe Gaga wants to put you in something. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I'd love to see that. Uh, we tried to put her in a movie long before anybody else did. Well, it wasn't the lead, and they her her team would simply not entertain it. <laughs> they were right to hold out. Well, she was she she held out for the right thing. Yeah, well, yes, for Star Wars, yes, mm-hmm. yeah, she's yeah. she's American Horror Story wasn't so much her no. jam. No, 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 no. I didn't say I'm it, a but dear lady. <laughs> no, but she's yeah. wonderful in a Star Wars. Um, speaking of wonderful, I just have to say because I'm obsessed with it and I think about it all day, every day. Olivia Coleman in the favorite. Oh my god, is one of the best performances yes, in yes, the history of cinema. Yes, I haven't yet seen it. That is my favorite. Movie of the year. Well, yeah. I want it to win. Go tonight. Well, I can't. I'm seeing it, Maddie Corman's play Accidentally Brave. <laughs> well, enjoy <laughs> it. Then afterwards, go. Go see it in the fucking theater. It I is shall. so brilliant. The movie is My crazy and weird. And all three of those are fantastic. And queer, and it's amazing. Yeah. They're all great. She is otherworldly. Yeah, I love, I don't, I can't say his name. I love that director. Yeah, let those. I can't say it. He did the lobster. And actually, Yorgos Lanthimos. Lanthimos. I'm working on a project, and some people have been banding his name about. I'm like, no, he's not going to do this. But I will see the favorite because everyone's talking about it. Yeah, you must. You must. You must. All right, Peter. It's been a pleasure. This has been a pleasure. You have to go live tweet. You have to go on about your life. I do. Yes, so yes. thank you for coming. Of course. It thank was, you it was so much. So much fun, guys. It's been a pleasure to see you. And you. This, maybe this was the whole reason I started this podcast. <laughs> Reconnect with you. Not, not by Nathan. The lies you tell. <laughs> and thanks to all our listeners. Thanks for listening to this episode. You know, Be sure to check out the next one. Tell your friends. Like, give us five stars. All that jazz. Okay, bye. Bye. <laughs>